Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin. It's me, your co-host Trevor. Joining me, as always, is your other co-host, Ted. Hey everybody, it's me, Ted. It's it's month number two of comic book month. Uh, comic book month just keeps going. It'll be comic book month all summer long, maybe. I don't know. It just keeps going, unless we think of uh, anything better to do. Hey man, with a summer this hot, I wish it was only one month long. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> that That's right, Ted. Uh, <laughs> joining us to uh, talk some more about comic books is a good friend of the pod, a musician and a writer. You've possibly seen his work in Blood Knife, Ryan Torgerson. Welcome to the pod, Ryan. Howdy. Pleasure to be here. Now, Ryan, give me your p- opinion. Which intro do you think was better, the first <laughs> intro or the second intro that we just had to redo? This second one is a lot more energetic, I will say. Okay, that's good. You know, it was nice to have an accidental practice. Uh, uh, for the listener, I didn't realize that I wasn't recording, uh, but we only got like two minutes into the podcast, so we just started over. And so far, it's going so yeah. much better. We will be releasing those uh, lost two minutes to uh, $20 subscribers of the Patreon. VIPs can hear Only, the, lo- yeah. the lost audio, Tre- Trevor's secret meltdown. Yeah. Um, but Ryan, it's great to have you here. This has been a long time coming. Uh, we've wanted to have you on for a while. Uh, you, like me, have written for Blood Knife. I believe you wrote an article on Stuart Gordon's adaptations of H.P. Lovecraft stories. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Um, from Beyond and Reanimator, to be specific. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fun to write. Uh, Kurt from Blood Knife is super cool and helped me out. Um, it was my fr- this is my first podcast appearance. This was my first published article, so a lot of firsts for me this year. So it's a big big year for you. Exactly. Yeah, and um, you know, I'd done some writing in college. I'm in college currently, but um, no, Kurt was super helpful, and it was really fun to write about you know schlocky '80s movies. Well, Kurt is great. Oh, yeah. We love Kurt. And I will definitely provide a link to that Blood Knife article. Uh, you should all check it out if you haven't read it already. It's great. And uh, but your main your, your main thing is uh, music, right? You you had a, an album come out recently. Yeah, um, like four years ago, I recorded this record with my good friend Cameron. Um, he's an engineer up here in Seattle, and um, we recorded this album. It's a solo thing, but like I'm planning to turn into a bigger project. But yeah, we're called Paintwork, and um, it's kind of like a punk kind of the fall, um, you know, parquet courts kind of thing. So, sick. Um, I can provide a band camp or whatever at the end so people can listen to that. But it's actually gotten quite a few listens, so I'm actually really happy with it. Maybe we can uh, throw uh, one of your songs up on on the podcast if uh, if we have your permission absolutely yeah yeah we can just do honestly if you can send me whatever you want and i can use that for like the intro and the outro music and fuck yeah, it maybe yeah. we'll do an intermission yeah. this time <laughs> i don't care yeah yeah whatever that'd be very that'd be very sweet of you we guys. can turn this into like a like a muse like a radio program with like music breaks just go to one of ryan's <laughs> yeah. songs every uh, f- 15 minutes or so yeah you'll just have to put like a berserker or something in between so to keep it Kevin related, right? That's a pretty yeah. We've, we've no, had we a, quite enough of that kind of nonsense that. on here. <laughs> yeah, 
We don't really. We're not married to the Kevin thing. So uh, <laughs> th- since this isn't, we, we need to talk about Ryan. Uh, I, I should ask you. Much as I wish it was. Yeah. Hey, maybe next year with the way you're going up on the charts, uh, uh, we, we might. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> what, what I mean to say is, Ryan, do you have any uh, kind of history with Kevin Smith? Were you ever a fan of Kevin? Uh, do you hate Kevin? Do you have no opinion on Kevin Smith at all? What's what's your your, yeah. your Kevin story? Um. Well, I guess just like every, you know, white guy in America who watches movies. Right. Um, of, of a certain age. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're like 14, you get into him and you're like, oh, this is cinema, basically. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started for me. And then. This is grown up stuff. This is kind of edgy and cool. Like, <laughs> exactly. This makes is how, me feel kind of grown up to enjoy this. This is how adults behave at work. Um, just consuming his podcasts and stuff later on and that's actually kind of relevant to today's thing because uh i used to listen to like hollywood babylon with like ralph garman and him and i do have a little anecdote oh great let's 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 cue up that anecdote theme (laughs) song brought to you by what was your band's name again paintwork now we go to paintwork with the anecdote uh segment uh theme song And we're back. This is the anecdote wow. segment. Why don't we hear that that famous anecdote of yours? <laughs> so when I was 16, my good friend Spencer, shout out to Spencer. He's, hey, Spencer. He'll probably listen to this. He'll probably What's be up, my only friend that listens to this. But um, Spencer, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you for being uh for being a friend. His mom got nice, us, nice, nice one, Ted. Thanks, dude. His mom got us tickets to see Jay and Silent Bob, the cartoon movie. You oh know, my god! I'm sure you guys did it on the podcast. Oh, right? we, we sure did. Did <laughs> and, that play uh, in theaters? Yeah, yeah. So I probably mentioned before I live in Seattle, so we went to the Moore Theater in Seattle, which is a pretty big theater, and um, like not a movie theater, it's like a venue. Um, and they showed the movie and then they did a taping of like Jane Silent Bob Get Old, another one of his podcasts. Uh-huh. Oh, so it, it was like a like a screening that Kevin was at and did like what, it's, like a Q&A? It's like the thing he's been doing the last few years where he takes a movie around and like, right. you know, like, the, he yeah, he calls it the road show theaters now. anymore. So he takes them on like a road show. He has to be present whenever anyone's watching uh, his movies so that they can feel really awkward and kind of like forced <laughs> to enjoy themselves and laugh. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, so I'll get to the point. Um, these tickets that she got for yeah, us. Yeah, can you like, get to the point, please? They were super special <laughs> tickets. So we got to like meet him at the end. So I actually got to oh, meet Ken Smith. I don't have a picture with me. I Maybe I can find it. But I do have a picture of me and Kevin Smith. Um, we'll just have we'll just have to take your word for it that you actually met him uh, but for the, the purposes of the I will story. give him I will give him credit for one thing he cuz I guess he, when growing up he used to visit here in Washington to like Yakima which is more in the east and he somehow he knew the name of the town that I grew up in which is a very small town um and that was really weird <laughs> but it was like so huh. you- <laughs> you're giving him credit for uh being weird is that what for he's knowing the name for? of my town yeah uh-huh 
<laughs> that's pretty much it, though. That's my that's my. Kind oh, of that's anecdote. that's the all right. And that was Ryan's anecdote. <laughs> we get the anecdote outro music now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we're back. Welcome back to We Need to Talk About Kevin. If you're just joining us, we heard a fabulous anecdote about the time our guest Ryan Torgerson met Kevin Smith. And Kevin Smith knew the name of the town where he grew up. Um, <laughs> it sounds so, a lot more boring when you put it like that. But yeah. So you, so you, so you were kind of a... <laughs> so were you kind of... My version was a little more exciting, I think. Okay, yeah. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm sorry you missed the exciting version of the story. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so you were kind of a Kevin Smith fan. Uh, by the time uh, we came into your life, because you are a listener of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you fucking yeah. better be, dude. Or, were you? We're cutting were your you? anecdote. Once again, another shout out to Leslie Lee for sharing your guys' podcast, the first episode. But, oh really? Uh, oh, thanks, oh Leslie. damn! Nice. Yeah, he retweeted it like a long time ago, and I saw his tweet, and I was like, Ooh, "Oh, sick! This is cool." <laughs> that was back when you guys had Rose on, still. Yeah, back. Well, you, you know, sore subject. Just kidding. We love Rose. <laughs> okay. We're all friends. Cut yeah. that out. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Redacted. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so when when you heard first heard the podcast, were you still a fan of Kevin Smith or had you kind of already grown up a little by that point? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of over him at that point. Um, okay. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I'd rewatch anything. I rewatched clerks too, like a few years ago, like for the podcast and was like pretty, like not too warm on it anymore. No. So I could but tell what about I that like, really funny part where Randall says the N word a bunch of times. That <laughs> oh yeah. That fun, part's right? great. Oh, not just that. He says so many different, <laughs> they say a lot of bad stuff he really wanted to flex how many he knew i think kevin <laughs> yeah <laughs> he uh. he learned so many uh slurs the week he was writing that script and it's like wow these slurs are hilarious i gotta get them all in there this will age really well so yeah that seems to be like uh everyone everyone who like likes the podcast kind of has the same story that they grew up liking kevin smith and then formed more complicated feelings about him <laughs> over yeah, time exactly uh, yeah i i actually dove into the podcast for a while that's how into it i got i almost didn't really watch i like you know i watched all his movies but then i got more into the podcast i don't know why i think that's pretty <laughs> i know like a lot of people who are like in their like early mid 20s are tip that's typically what they say is like yeah i've seen a couple of the movies but as a podcast fan. yeah i think he just got in on it early so it was just like you know you had him or like mark Marin or like tom sharpling you know there was like three I, guys you could listen to yeah that that makes sense yeah i think maybe by the time you know he became he started with the podcast i was already like kind of over it i hadn't uh formed uh the the like burning hatred for him that i have now <laughs> but i was like not really that interested in kevin smith or what he had to say i definitely sure. went the mark i definitely went the mark Marin route with podcasts that was like how I first started listening to podcasts yeah. was Mark Marin. Once I, I discovered, like a... oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I was a little like comedy nerd, and I was like, oh yeah, wow, comedian exactly. comedians having frank conversations about their lives—that's the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever heard of. And now there's a million of those, and it fucking sucks. The the first yeah, podcast it's... I ever listened to was Come Town. Just started off real strong. <laughs> oh that. wow, yeah. 
Ted, Ted reminding us that he's a little baby once again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just did listen to podcasts. I was like 19 no, at the I'm, time. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just messing with you. Uh. I'm constantly being abused. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm kind of tired today. Uh, Are you saying, uh, because you have something to say? I, I did before I, I did before my mouth noise. I did before my fucking brain shut off and then. Oh, no, I don't. How many times have you used that excuse? <sighs> Come on, man. Okay. On. On my own I'm podcast. getting a little too hard on Ted. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm, I'm grasping uh, for content here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm the problem uh, with this comic is that it's, it's fucking boring and there's not a lot to talk okay. about. Okay. Yeah. All right, I guess we can, I guess we can talk about the comic. Uh, so the comic that we're ostensibly here to discuss is... Uh, called Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet. This came out in, I guess, 2014. Originally, it was a six issue comic that Kevin Smith co-wrote with Ralph Garman as with his friend Ralph Garman, as as uh, as Ryan alluded to earlier. And I have kind of a theory about this. I think that Kevin didn't really write this. Yeah, I kind of feel I agree. Uh, Based on the fact that he's the only one where he had a co-writer, and we know that Kevin is infamously lazy, especially with his comic book assignments, and always fails to meet deadlines, and the fact that generally uh, none of the Kevin Smith, the horrible Kevin Smith touches are really present in this comic at all. None of it seems to be in his voice. It mostly does a pretty good job of capturing the, like, feel the 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 voice or the like tone of the old Batman TV show. So I kind of have the feeling that this was more of Ralph Garman's thing than Kevin's thing. And Kevin kind of went along for the ride, lent his clout to it. Uh, but I don't get the sense that he barely wrote a fucking word of this thing. The only there was like a couple jokes where I was like, maybe Kevin wrote that. Like maybe there's some words in there that I picked up that I was like, these are where Kevin picks up his thesaurus and is like, oh, look how smart I am. <laughs> the first yeah. time uh, uh, Cato quotes Confucius, there was a little box that says writer's note. This was a quote from Confucius, which is yes. funny because you see editor's notes to say stuff like that in comics. And Kevin Smith really wanted to do it felt like Kevin Smith really wanted to do an editor's note, even though he's not the editor. So it it was a writer's note that felt very Kevin to me. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. The story of the comic is pretty cohesive. It has a structure. It makes sense. It like has a beginning, middle and end. You know, it's nothing like the fucking like all the shit that Kevin's written in comics is all just like making it up as he goes along. Yeah. This feels like it was pretty intentionally written. I would like get to a part and something would kind of tie back to something before. And I'd be like, wait a second. This this isn't a Kevin Smith joint. Like, come on. There's there's too much like there's stuff makes too much sense in this. I'm not mistaken. I think Ralph Garman is like an insane Batman 66 fan. That makes so so much sense. yeah. Yeah, I think he's like kind of obsessed with the show. He's got that kind of like old guy thing where. right they grab on to a really really like old show and they just become obsessed with it and just decorate their house with it i think he's one of those guys that makes a lot of sense excuse me that makes a lot of sense because i really got the sense from it that it was like you know i don't know a whole lot about ralph garman aside from his terrible impressions that kevin (laughs) thinks are really funny uh but i kind of got the sense that like oh this is probably like ralph garman's thing like 
the way the the way the characters talk and everything and like the use of like weird vocabulary and factoids and stuff it all feels very much like a loving tribute to the old tv show which of course i'm sure kevin is familiar with but he doesn't have that skill as a writer to like imitate the style of something like this yeah he doesn't have the like attention to detail like he doesn't right he couldn't yeah. watch something and like understand what makes it that he you know what i mean and there's no weird sexual implications about the relationship between batman and robin about robin's yeah. weird uh revealing costume or I mean, like any of that which, no. like, I can't imagine if Kevin wrote this whole thing on his own, there's no way that weird stuff wouldn't be in there. One of the one of the bad guys is like a man who his whole deal is like shooting white glue and there's no cum jokes in it at all. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was waiting the whole time to find one. And there Crazy. was never one. I was like, oh, it's just right there in front of him. <laughs> because there wouldn't have been a, a cum joke in the fucking in the actual thing. And right. that's kind of the whole point. Because there was an original Batman 66 series written by someone else. And I remember trying to read that and just quickly losing interest in it. Because it's yeah. like, not it's that good of a concept for a comic. No. I mean, the show is like, the old show is very charming and often very funny. But yeah, it's I was going like, to ask how you guys, what you guys thought about the show. You I've seen like, like a, I, a I couple mean, episodes of it, maybe. I, I haven't seen a lot of it as an adult. I remember watching reruns when I was a kid. And more recently, I watched the movie. The, the oh, Batman, I have the 1966 rules. Batman movie, which is really funny. Yeah, the movie and it's like it, it's very obvious that like they knew what they were doing. Like it's not just like uh like funny by accident. Like they're right. they're just making this really you know. There's the famous gag where he has the bomb. Yeah, and he's like trying to get rid of the bomb, and he keeps running into like crowds of nuns and stuff. <laughs> and it is really yeah, funny that like, like that's all. I mean, I know this is extremely hack observation, but like that's also the end of um Dark Knight Rises. Like he's running around with the bomb, he just knows what to do. With <laughs> that's them. so true. Like, Holy exactly. shit! Like because I had watched <laughs> it for the so first funny. time like right after that movie had come out, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> that's i hadn't ever made that connection really? but that's okay. actually that's yeah that's actually really funny um <laughs> some days if 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 they had had christian bale uh just stop say to him stop and say to himself some days you just can't get rid of a bomb that would have <laughs> that would have escalated that movie from one half of a star to maybe one <laughs> and one quarter stars for me that would have taken it up nearly a whole level <laughs> um, so I have a question as somebody who's barely seen any of the show on specifically because this is this part of the comic stuck out so much because the rest of it is like extremely even all the way through. It's page 14 of the file that I me and Trevor were using. And like, so Bruce Wayne and the guy who is the Green Horton, I don't remember his name. They're have they're Brit on a train. Daniel, I believe. Yes. Brit Dan. That's such a weird name for for an American superhero. Anyway. They're having like this rich guy conversation on the on the train where, you know, like it's it's a total trope. They're like rich guys that are sort of like throwing shade at each other a little bit, but they're like all smiley. And mm -hmm. they're talking about the Green Hornet and Batman doesn't like him because he's like ostensibly a criminal. But this guy does because he is him and he makes fun of mm -hmm. Batman's cape and Bruce Rain freaks the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that what was the weird. fuck was that? Like took me out of it entirely. That was insane. Well, I mean, they had, I feel like there was weird humor like that uh, on the show, but that also 
does feel closer to the kind of thing Kevin would write. Yeah, it comes off like, like weirdly <laughs> sincere. Like, I happen to think Batman's cape is quite stylish. Certainly more so, so than a green hat and overcoat. Well, it's funny because it's kind of like the scene in Batman v Superman where Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent meet for the first time and they're giving each other shit yeah. about their city's superheroes. But the difference is... In that scene, in that movie, they actually both clearly know who each other are. And they're just like pretending to not know to like to like keep up appearances. Whereas here, the implication is that they really don't know and they really don't realize that they're each talking to the actual guy. (laughs) Going into this, I really thought it was going to be a lot lazier than it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, I I didn't. I. I didn't even think about the Ralph Garman aspect until I started reading it. I was kind of like, once I read it, it, I was like, oh, I see. There was someone involved in this who actually gave a shit about it. And Kevin was just there. I I just assumed it would be shitty, like uh, regular Kevin Smith thing. Yeah. Oh, I thought he'd take it as an excuse because, you know, the show's kind of campy and kind of corny. So you can kind of get away with kind of dumb stuff. And I figured that he would just go all in on that because, you know, it gives him an excuse to just write dumb shit. Um, rather than being under the guise of writing something smart and clever. That's what I thought too. And this ended up being not bad to read. Uh, it was fine. You know, it, it, I think it based totally accomplished what it was trying to do. I don't like really care about what it was trying to do. I don't, (laughs) I don't know if like making a comic book that's, uh, uh, you know, just like, supposed to be like an episode of a, a 50 year old TV show is something that I'm interested in, yeah. but it's like, it definitely succeeds at, at doing that. It gets the tone, right. You know, it's like all of the like way, all the characters talk and everything like, you know, if, if this was the kind of thing that you liked, then I'd you'd say this would be like an A plus, uh, uh comment. Yeah. yeah like I, I, it's like listening to somebody, uh, who's really passionate about something in like like a good way just explain it to you and you don't give a shit yeah yeah it's like someone describing a dream to you i will say i i think it started to kind of overstay its welcome i think it was a little too long there was like yeah, yeah. there was like like a weird like middle bit that seemed like it could have just not been in there like they kind of meet them and then escape and then meet them and then escape and then meet them and escape too many times like yeah. one too many exactly yeah, yeah it there's was too many six, six six issues is like too much for one batman uh 66 story yeah. i feel like maybe like uh, three issues like it should have been like two separate episodes or something like there were three issues and another three, three or four issues. they could get away with i think it, i think it could do that and just be perfect but the six there were so close. many there were so many like close encounters where they got away and they kept getting away and it was like yeah by the time you finally get to the last one it's like jesus christ it's catch them already this, which like you know, to be stupid. fair to ralph garman he does like it's not a good idea to do it but he doesn't execute it terribly like the different close encounters they're each like different they're not completely lazy and stuff like that like one is they get glued to a train and both Batman and Robin and Green Hornet and Kato have to figure out their own way out. And then the next one is like they fight each other because Batman thinks Green Hornet's a uh, fucking criminal or whatever. And then they're mm-hmm. my favorite one was they're Batman and Robin are stuck. They're glued to a giant pasta stamp um, mm-hmm. and they crack a bottle of balsamic vinegar and get out of it. So it's like it, they're, they're creative and stuff, yeah. you know, it's not. 
Yeah, that's like typical of the kinds of trap they in the show are always in some kind of trap and they come up with some kind of like, uh, uh, you know, last ditch effort to get out of it. And it works j- just in yeah. time. What do you I, guys like, think of the Richard Nixon cameo? What the fuck was that? <laughs> what? What? That also felt like a, a Ralph Garman. I can just imagine Ralph Garman has like a Nixon impression and loves to bust out Nixon uh, jokes. Yeah. Right. I have a feeling that like a lot of this was written like i bet kevin was like oh we can read this at a podcast taping or whatever and like Ralph can <laughs> oh, his impressions God, of every right. character there was wasn't there a reading of one of his comics where yeah. he had ralph I put it in characters the but in the voices of different celebrities yeah he was doing like al pacino and like christopher walken in the in the green hornet app uh he does a bunch of different it's like he does all the male voices and he doesn't you mean do you mean do you mean green arrow fuck yes i do you're mixing up the green <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar with green hornet green green hornet was a character created for tv i think largely to capitalize oh. on the success of the batman tv i show. didn't know that and i think it was uh, a radio show at first oh was it a radio show that makes I sense think so. either like, way e- e- either way it was basically like a takeoff of of like a loose ripoff of Batman. And, but the concept with Green Hornet is that he pretends to be a criminal in order to fight crime by establishing himself as the top criminal. So anyone else who tries to do crime, he'll fight them uh, to stop them. And I don't understand how that gives him any particular advantage over just being a masked vigilante. Well- <laughs> like why that makes any difference. Yeah. So in, in this one, he's like constantly he he'll, or he just does it, I think, twice. He gets to the scene of the crime and it's like, OK, I'm going to commit this crime, but then I'm just going to leave it somewhere and like call in a tip or something so that the other person yeah. can't commit the crime, which is really funny because Batman just advantage. Batman just works for the police. Like Batman is deputized yeah. in this. Like, yeah, that, that's they 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 say that in the show too, which yeah. is funny. Like Bat Batman Batman is essentially just a member of the police force, but he has yeah. total autonomy to do whatever he wants. They just trust him. But it's Green like, Hornet nah, also has like a secret alliance with the district attorney yeah. of his city. So the DA knows his secret identity and knows that he's doing this and is supporting it behind the scenes and like <laughs> why wouldn't you just be like batman and just it, just be just let everyone know that you're a good guy it makes it so much less complicated but it is goofy and funny and it allows for some really especially in this comic when they're always like fighting it's it's so stupid because it's i mean you ha- it's like i mean and i know this is hack again but like they have to just be able to figure out who the other one is like they met face to face, yeah, and then right. five minutes later they met face to face again, but in costume, yeah. And it was probably the only Asian guy on the train. It's like, whoa, now Green <laughs> right. Hornet has this Asian guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's always uh he's always joined by his Asian companion, and he's the only Asian person that anybody and, uh, ever sees in the course of these stories. And he, the Asian guy, <laughs> also, he doesn't have a secret identity. He's Kato. That's just his name in both. Yeah, of them. He, yeah. When he's like the well, waiter. They don't, he's Kato. He doesn't call him Kato he just calls him like uh my companion or something my valet like, he yeah. just does it he, yeah he just uh, when no like his name is Kato when he's in he's when he's a regular guy but when he's in a mask he's just Green Hornet's uh companion he doesn't like oh, gotcha. have like a, sec- a secret okay. name 
uh, which is, uh, you know, bizarre. Oh. He's an servant or something. It's also it's also funny how Cato is always being like matched with Robin, as if like this Chinese man is the equal of like a child. Like Batman has his child, and Green Hornet has a Chinese man, and they're sort of evenly matched. <laughs> so before I read this, I I guess there's another Green Hornet that Kevin Smith did. Kevin Smith, one of his many rejected screenplays was a screenplay for a Green Hornet movie, the movie that eventually became the the one with Seth Rogen. But okay. uh, he had oh, written yeah. a screenplay for it that never got produced. And then uh, he just basically had that screenplay turned in, adapted into a comic book instead. And he yeah, did the same it's... thing with uh, another one is uh, for like the Bionic Man for like a Bionic Man movie that he wrote that never got made. Uh that's just him lazily repurposing these rejected scripts into comic books that I don't think we're going to bother to read because they're way too fucking long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I started reading it by accident because I thought it was this one. And you can tell a lot more that it's his writing. There's a lot immediately right. Chinese jokes like left and right. right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was expecting there to be so much of that. And there really wasn't. They don't really do. Other than a lot like of, the I mean, they weird have, Confucius and like Sun yeah. Tzu quotes. Yeah, he's constantly quoting Confucius and Sun Tzu, which I imagine is just yeah. like how he was on the show. I can see like that. That was yeah, probably just I, his character. I didn't watch it, so I don't know. I can imagine there's a lot of people who actually enjoyed this comic a lot, you know, who really liked the show yeah. and wanted more of it. Got yeah, it. I, I kind of wish that Ralph Garman would like, like, it'd be cool if he got more to like more of this that he could do, because I think... He did a good job for people who want this kind of stuff. It's just that that's not yeah. me. Yeah, not a lot of uh, people are are asking for it. This is definitely the best uh the best comic that Kevin Smith has written. You can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes there. <laughs> that written. he's the best the best comic that he's had his name on. Yeah. Maybe like yeah. just in terms of competence of like writing, like it's probably the highest quality thing that Kevin Smith has yeah <laughs> has has a writing credit on <laughs> but um yeah i feel like if it wasn't for his relationship with kevin though he probably wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to write this is the thing yeah maybe he just threw his name on as like a little this will get it more attention this way like, yeah i feel like kevin probably tried to make some weak contributions just to feel like he was involved but it was really more uh garmin's thing yeah yeah there was some like words in there where i was like it i think i mentioned it earlier but it just felt like you know he like kevin's thesaurus was open next to him like <laughs> use this word like pugilistic and like peripatetic like uh, these words i've yeah. never seen before he says he says philatelists at one point yeah. uh, and then he explains what but that's means. and that's but that's also but that's also a classic batman thing it's doing like the uh it's doing the like uh, the alliteration thing with like different synonyms for the thing yeah, that they're right. talking about like um, that's just classic adam west batman writing i really wish out of all of the comics that we've read i really wish this one had like a forward and an afterward like i would have loved to see particularly what ralph would have said but also what kevin would have said because like does he just make shit up like oh yeah we worked really hard on this you know like i just <laughs> oh, yeah I, he I would totally lie like and take credit for it and oh. you know what he would do he would do the stan lee thing 
He oh would like, my god, he, he would, would like he would like he would like praise Ralph Garman and be like, Oh, it was all Ralph. Ralph is the real the real one that made it great, but like in a way where it's clearly suggesting that it was just as much his thing, but like he's just being humble about it. Like he, the same thing Stan Lee always did. I feel like that And he would have like genuinely thought he was doing Ralph a favor doing that. Like he would have been like, a- absolutely. Yeah, I'm the best. Like this makes me such a good guy. I don't want to get mad again on this episode. <laughs> In, but in a way, he kind of was because like I because that's the thing we always talk about with Kevin and his friends and putting his friends in the movies and the whole complicated thing with Jason Muse. It's like in a way, he's like helping out his friends and giving them opportunities and shit. But you just feel there's something sweaty and weird about it as if like by by helping them, he's granting himself power over them. He just seems to have, and like, I doubt he's even like conscious of it. Like he just thinks he's like a good person who helped his friends out. But it's like, it makes him feel like he's like this big shot, you know? One thing that uh, might be Kevin, uh, not no, because he didn't write that show either clerks so there's the there's a couple scenes where he wrote, like, a, he wrote a little bit on clerks but now that now that we're talking about it yeah he was probably just in the yeah. writer's room got the writing Even credit chips. on a couple episodes but they really all get written in the room anyway yeah. so it's not like he actually wrote <laughs> those old scripts there's a there's a, a couple bits where they're like climbing up the side of a wall with the rope that just reminded me of that right that episode of the clerks tv show which is pretty funny well, that's well, that's like one of the oldest fucking comedy references yeah, yeah. in the in the book is the 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 bat the bat climbing. Yeah, yeah, that, that was just funny. Um, yeah, in Clerks, though, why are we walking like this? And then they're actually just walking horizontally. Yeah, yeah. classic. Not bad. That's a good episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's making me think of good things. Good things I, this to watch, is, you know. Like I didn't like this comic, but this is such a such a nicer episode to record because I'm not like angry about. I something. didn't dislike it. It was fine. It was easy yeah, to read. I listened. There to were your... parts. There were parts that I found amusing, and it was fine. This is a nice. This is a nice little uh, breather after that fucking Spider Man. Yeah, comic. I should Jesus say. Christ, I'm not even going to get back into uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to that episode last night in preparation for this, and I I was I actually felt quite lucky that I got to. Read the, yeah, kind of yeah like you, you got an easy one. one. The a thought of editing ball, that yeah. and like reliving that anger and just despair was yeah. a lot. That's why the episode was late. Sorry, everybody. Um, it's, <laughs> it's because okay. I'm a tortured I don't know if artist. anyone's paying that much attention. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just like flipping through it on, on my tablet and it's... There's a lot of love in this that I've never seen in a single work that Kevin actually yeah. made himself. What, one other thing about this that was crazy that I was expecting to be. Well, so for some reason, Alex Ross drew all the covers what, for this comic. What the fuck? And the, co- that was and the covers, the covers are fucking beautiful. Of course. Yeah, they're, they're like, Alex they're Ross. Like, they're, they're fantastic. Like, they're these very perfect lifelike representations of of the actual actors from the show. They look like paintings. They're beautiful. And so I was expecting like to open it up and like I, I think about how I feel like a lot of times in comics, it's kind of a disservice to like get a much better artist to do the covers because it's yeah. making you expect the comic to look so much better than it is. But really, the art in the comic itself was pretty serviceable for what it was. Yeah. It was, like, it was pretty unremarkable, it wa- but it, it, was, wasn't it wasn't like bad. It wasn't lifelike, but the characters all looked enough 
like the real people they were drawings of that you got the idea like it it communicated that it's like oh that guy looks like adam west you know the, the uh, artist the, um i think his name is like ty templeton he um mm-hmm. he has been working on like the batman 66 comic like since it's right. genesis and that um, makes sense he used to do like the adventures of batman and robin and the art on that those are actually pretty good um i'm not super knowledgeable of comics but um i know yeah that he he did some previous stuff that was okay but yeah this was like the first couple issues i thought like that some of the art was like kind of lazy but then it's mm-hmm. i feel like it started to get better towards the end i don't know if, what the deal there was but but yeah alex ross yeah. did the cover i don't know is he like a work for hire guy sometimes because like he I, does I a lot I'm, of he does a lot of covers yeah <laughs> i can see him being maybe a fan of batman 66 and somehow them getting him to do that because of that I, maybe i don't know yeah that could be just like the way a lot of his art is kind of sort of like the bodies are stylistically remind me of like the way that the suits looked in the batman 66 show but I, that mm. seems like a stretch even to me so yeah his art is cool it's very like it's almost kind of dreamlike i really yeah. i really mm-hmm. dig it like it is very like photorealistic but it's got this kind of like foggy haziness to it that makes it's a kind of a dream yeah i yeah it's photorealistic he, but in the a way good he way. uses yeah, it's the way he uses like lighting in the drawings in a way that like um pretty much no other comic artist does. Yeah, because like any guy can like draw a realistic looking Batman, but the way he does it is yeah. very like interesting. You get this very real like sense of like diffused lighting in mm-hmm. in in the image, uh, which kind of makes it look even more lifelike, but also like kind of dreamy, like you said. Yeah, yeah. No, I um I didn't see the covers of them until the last issue because whatever site I was using. And I was like, whoa, oh. I was like, whoa, this cover is really good. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. That was unexpected. And I think like you, when I saw like at the beginning of the first issue, I like saw the art and I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be <laughs> annoying to look at. But like, yeah, yeah there's some it little did... stuff like weird signs, like the lettering was just like looked like super quickly done. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, this is going to be kind of yeah. thrown together. But towards the end, there was but... some, actually some cooler um, panels that looked pretty cool. Yeah, overall, it, the art worked, you know, the pr- pretty good uh, uh, renderings of, you know, like Cesar Romero and, and Adam West and, you know, the whole gang. Uh, so, yeah, that that all yeah, he, that all he, worked. He captured the voice of Adam West really well, I think, because the whole time I in my head, I was reading it. I yeah. Was like, oh, yeah, I can definitely hear this in yeah. his voice. And there was one really good pun from the Joker. He said, I may be the only comedian in the world who loves bombing. As he dropped a bomb on us, yeah. that actually made me laugh. So, and then and then it wasn't a bomb. It it, it like had a parachute on it, and it opened up yeah, with it was stamps a fake bomb. for no reason other out. than to give them a clue. <laughs> and I like that the 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 Mister Gum guy, like his whole motivation was that he liked stamps and that fossils yeah. are like stamps. <laughs> that yeah, was, yeah that it, was like it, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, every every one of his crimes had to somehow vaguely relate to the concept of a stamp. And <laughs> as long as it does, it's fine. when really they're just trying to steal a bunch of money. Like that's yeah. the only but it, but for some it all just has to like somehow relate to stamps or stamping <laughs> in order for him to justify it. And then a, the big reveal was that like he was actually this Italian like fossil collector in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. The, no, well the fossil, the fossil, the Italian fossil guy was him in disguise. He was right, disguising himself I mean. as an, but yeah, he, that was a real guy 
he was just not there at all. Like every time he was in the comic, it was him, but he is a real guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, so wait, why didn't he just take them and say they were his, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, you know, these, these bad, these villains, they like having a little fun. They like messing with the heroes and leaving them clues and stuff. And then also the real, the Italian guy's name literally just meant stamp in Italian (laughs) and they didn't figure that out till the very end. Yeah. It was like Franco Boro or something. Yeah, Franco Bolo. Franco Bolo. Even though, yeah. even though it was a real guy in in the con, that was his real name. It just happened to it just happened to work out like that that it fit into their little scheme. <laughs> cool. But um, yeah. Uh, so you did you say you actually read some of Kevin Smith's Green Hornet comic before you realized it was yeah, the wrong like, one? I think like a page or two. Like I really didn't oh, get that okay. far. But um. You could immediately tell, like, it's night and day to this one. Because I started reading this and I was like, this isn't as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> I just, that's, like, the whole time so I was second guessing myself. Because <laughs> the Chinese thing, the jokes about him being Chinese is exactly what I, like, imagined yes. from the Kevin Smith Green Hornet Absolutely. thing. I was like, that's the thing he's going to seize on. There's going to be all kinds of, like, racist Chinese jokes that he doesn't realize are, are racist because he's... Just unable to not comment on things like that. Right. Just, yeah. But uh, yeah, more proof that Kevin really didn't, wasn't really that involved in (laughs) writing this. And maybe he didn't actually write it at all and just put his name on it for, you know, PR purposes. (laughs) Yeah, no, no weird gay jokes with Batman and Robin. No weird gay jokes. Yeah, I was waiting for something like that. There is a line where the Joker literally says, I'm the clown prince of crime, which I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he just he just outright says it. I'm like, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't like uh, things that would bother me in something that was supposed to be like a normal Batman comic just don't really apply in this because it's like, oh, they're being like the goofy old show. Like exactly, yeah. That, you can kind of you can kind of excuse a like, lot of the stuff, like the fact that like Batman and Green Hornet can't figure out each other's identities. It's like, well, that's how it would have been on the TV yeah, show. Exactly. So you can't get other. mad at that. It's <laughs> that's what it, this is what it's supposed to be. Like if know? this is what you wanted. If you're reading this, picking up this comic to read it. Absolutely. Exactly. The fact that the artist took the time to like put the little mustache on, uh, fuck, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but on the Joker. Caesar Joker. Romero. Caesar Romero. Yes. Yeah. That's was, like, really something funny. Roman. <laughs> It, like on every time it could possibly fit in there, he just like puts a little bit of the, of the mustache on him. Yeah, I'm glad they did that. I was I thought that was funny. Yeah, because uh, uh, yeah, it really lo- tried to look like the show. So that's cool. Uh, I guess pretty good job to Ralph Garman. I'm assuming that Kevin Smith didn't actually help, but I'm sure that's fine. Ralph Garman uh, gets a B. Good, good for him yeah. good for him that he got to do uh something that he liked and did a much better job of it than kevin has ever done probably because he actually cared about it and you know it's something yeah. that he deeply you know is a fan of so i guess there's not really anything left to say about batman 66 uh, meets the green hornet if you have some weird nostalgia for that show or for the green hornet and this sounded appealing to you go ahead and read it i guess you know <laughs> like if you think like okay the oh batman green hornet that sounds like i'll like it you will i i can't imagine you not because it, yeah. it just is that it's a yeah. really really I'm good 66 to be if you hear yeah. that and your ears perk up then yeah you're yeah. already you're already in because there's a whole series of the batman 66 comics they don't appeal much to me like no. i said they also made a uh, movie at least one there might have been more than one actually but like an animated one, one called batman versus 
Yeah, an animated one. That's There's one funny. called Batman versus Two Face that was based on one of the Batman sixty six comics. And I think they might have even gotten Adam West and Burt Ward to do the voices in the movie. I'm oh, that's sure, cool. But I think I, I are those Adam West is dead now, right? Is yeah, but dead? it hasn't been yeah. that long. Yeah, I think this was might have maybe before he died. Uh, but yeah, check those out. Uh, it's not my thing, but you know, some people. If you're like a weird old guy like Ralph Garman, <laughs> check this yeah. shit out. It's this, one this of those shows you. where like <laughs> it's it's a good fun little show and it's um you know it it does what more comic book stuff should do is just like this is an absolute joke so let's treat it as one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unlike a lot of, you know, modern day stuff what? we see. So but I guess not in, that in the way regard, that Kevin does. Cuz Kevin treats these no, things no. as a joke as like oh it's just a stupid joke you make as a child to your friend in school like yeah but he also tries to make it really serious when he writes a comic book he tries to give you an extra level of seriousness but then makes a joke out of it like he's like a guy who's like too nervous about talking about a serious thing so he has to keep making awful jokes while he's doing it and the tone is just all fucked up and and bad (laughs) yeah it's um none of that none of that here though (laughs) So that was Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet uh, here on Comic Book Month. Um, And uh, Ryan Torgerson, the album is, uh, what's it called? We'll just, we'll link to the sound. Yeah, it's in my band camp. It's called Angles and Planes. I I recorded a few years ago. I'm working on some new stuff now. Um, Otherwise, yeah, I have a Twitter, um, at Molecular Lionel. You can find me there. My Blood Knife article's pinned up there on my tweet as well. Check it out. Check it out. It's all in the description. The Molecular Lionel on Twitter, Blood Knife, Bandcamp, or SoundCloud, whichever one it is. It'll all be there. So check out Ryan's stuff. It's a pleasure to be uh, here. Ryan, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Have me back anytime. I'm always around. <laughs> And of course, uh, feel free to check out patreon.com slash WNTTAK if you want to hear us talk about other comic books on Ted and Trevor's Secret Stash, which now has three episodes out, and all of our other uh, bullshit. It's all on there. Uh, Check it out. Nice. You got anything else, Ted? Uh... No, I think, uh, Ryan, why don't don't you play us out? (laughs) And we go back to another track from... God damn it. I swear I remember the name of the band just a minute ago. Another fine track from Paintwork.
Kill me.